You're listening to Big Tent Radio here on Radio Boise, KRBX 89.9 FM, Caldwell, Boise. Special holiday edition. It's the day after Christmas, and more importantly, it is the day before our excellent co-host Jackie's birthday. Happy hey, birthday, happy Jackie. birthday, Jackie. Happy Thank birthday. you. Uh, we're also here. I'm Charlie Hunt, and we're here with Jackie, as well as our excellent uh, co-hosts, Luke Fowler and Jen Schneider. We're all with the School of Public Service uh, at Boise State University, uh, and we've got a, a special show today, uh, some Headline popcorn, right, Jen? Headline popcorn. It's one of our favorite games here at Big Tent Radio. We do it at the end of the year. We each put a few headlines into an old, old coffee cup that's been lying around here at Radio Boise. And Charlie's going to pull them out at random and we'll just see what we talk about. That's it's right. Fun. That's right. Really I'm going to I'm gonna give them a little ceremonial shake uh, and then pick one out at random. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, first uh, first and foremost, this is not one of mine, but I'm glad someone did it. Baby Yoda has conquered the world. <gasps> I am Yoda. obsessed with Baby Yoda. Who's not obsessed with Baby Yoda? And just to be clear, Baby Yoda is, well, that's kind of a spoiler, I guess. Well, Baby Yoda is, so I'm not in the loop the way you youngins are, but Baby Yoda is a character in The Mandalorian, right? Correct. Right. Okay. Well, it, well, it's interesting. We don't actually know Baby well, Yoda's name, fair. right? But we but we we affectionately call him or her, I guess it, it we could. We don't know, you know yeah. It's, it's the public is referring to the child, the child. as Baby Yoda. Oh, I love this. But this is, I mean, an objectively adorable, uh, you know, Baby Yoda that is all adorably taken care of by this sort of you know, grizzled old Mandalorian. And so it's, I, I love the show and, you know, Baby Yoda is an essential element. And this is on the new streaming service, Disney Plus, right? That's Am right. I right about that? So mm-hmm. just for all of our listeners that now think Charlie might be insane, just Google Baby Yoda and you'll know what he's talking about. I mean, there's just memes everywhere and yeah. pictures everywhere of, of baby, baby Yoda. I mean, Baby Yoda broke the internet, including Twitter. I think we can all agree. Yes. That's yeah. right. With, with his or her, you know, special powers, uh, you know, force powers, as well as the powers of those those wonderful big eyes. Well, and I yeah. think it speaks to the like a lot of movies use a lot of CGI now, and this is a puppet, and it clearly like people connect really with it. And I think that speaks to that you know traditional movie making. There's something special in it. Well, and I think I think what, the fact that Baby Yoda is a puppet is part of what makes him or her so adorable. Uh, like the switching over, they use the sort of the CGI Yoda and those the prequel Star Wars movies. And I'm glad we're back to puppet Yoda. I'd say Baby Yoda is like the anti-impeachment too. Right at a time when we all needed something. That's Sweet right. No one would ever impeach Baby Yoda. No way. No way. <laughs> All right. Should we turn to a uh, to a, a new headline here? All right. Let's shake it up. Grab another one here. All right. Turning to uh, California wildfires. Uh, major major story uh, in the West this year. Major sort of uh, you know climate oriented story. We didn't we didn't totally get to it in our uh, you know our climate year in review uh, last week, but. Uh, I thought we should probably, you know, discuss it a little bit. It's been sort of affecting the area, and particularly in California. Do either of our sort of environmental kind of climate experts want to want to weigh in on the importance of these wildfires? Well, uh, I think, uh, well, 
if somebody else put that in, but I know I put it in the, the hat. And one thing that, that's been interesting about these fires was after the PG&E settlement last year, right? And so there was... That's huge, the major utility in California. Yeah, and yeah. so there's this... Uh, basically, they got sued because of malfunctions in their equipment, started a, a huge wildfire last year. So they had this enormous record-setting settlement. And so this year, in anticipation of wildfire season, they were doing rolling blackouts through the Bay Area and a lot of other places. Still got wildfires. Um, but so it's just kind of an amazing kind of the, the situation where you're talking about tremendous damage to neighborhoods, tremendous you know economic impacts. They're literally shutting down power to one of the biggest cities in America for days on end, and you're still getting massive dev- devastation, right? And just looking at this story, you're just like, there's nothing good here. The other thing I would say is that it's such an important climate change story and sort of the relentlessness with which we're going to start seeing major climate effects now. I think in the past, we've seen major sort of natural disasters happening that can be attributed to a changing climate. But the fact that we had such a horrendous uh, wildfire season last year, particularly in California, and we have one again this year, suggests that we have a new normal. I was just going to say, so this is a preview of things to come, right? I think so. And the, just this week or last week came down about the settlement, correct? Yeah. And I guess uh, to still Jen's line, right? In the West now, there's two seasons, winter and wildfire. Right. Um, and so, I mean, winter and smoke. Oh, okay. Mm. Sorry. Winter and smoke. Yes. Sorry, not to corrupt your. It sounds your... like Game of Thrones. Winter yeah. and smoke. It feels like Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, uh, you, you're right. Like, this is the new normal. This is what we're going to see. And this is how we're going to, like, see all our legal systems and our institutions and everything try to adjust to the fact that you're going to have smoke all over the place. You're going to have fires. It's and just to underscore Jackie's point, it's going to be expensive. Yeah. Particularly for companies that are not thinking or well, not doing their due diligence and trying to prevent them. All right, so that's something we'll certainly keep an eye out for uh, in 2020, especially as the summer heats up again. Shall we turn to a new new headline here? Let's all do right. it. Yeah, we got to keep moving if we're going to get through all of these. I know. Let's shake it up, see what we got here. College admissions scandal. Ooh. Yes. I'll put that one in, too. Uh, this one's exciting, mostly because Aunt Becky is uh, like making headlines, and she's not Lori Lofton is not still not pleaded guilty, which I thought that would happen. But basically, well, the Full House star yes. is what you're talking about. In case people were not alive in the what 90s, I guess. <laughs> uh, I don't Aunt think Becky from Full House. I don't think the Generation Zs are listening to her show. But oh, however, well, not with that oh, attitude, Luke. Yeah, yeah. gosh. Uh, so the college admission scandal. Young uh, apparently, a lot of uh, very wealthy upper and upper middle class families decided to buy their way their kids ways into some of the top schools in the country um lots of lots of issues to point to here about inequality in america and you know access to to colleges and unfairness and all of this and it's all quite quite interesting um i think the most interesting thing is that they're actually putting some of these people in jail because i didn't honestly expect anybody to end up in prison yeah felicity huffman right the famous actress and and uh she did end up going jail but yeah i lori laughlin is not She's sort of like still in legal jeopardy, I guess. Uh, uh, they're tra- they're tra- throwing the book at her, from what wow. I understand, because every time you see, like, they're adding on charges and they're really trying to make an example of her. Um, I think that U.S. Attorney's Office is is trying to make a send a very clear message about what they think about this situation. I think what's interesting for people who are not in higher ed, maybe to know about, is that in most of our sort of trade rags, Chronicle of Higher Education inside higher ed, the real lead of this story is that this is not 
sort of isolated events, that the sort of gaming of the system, particularly when it comes to high name colleges, Ivy Leagues, happens all the time. So this inequality story, I think, is really at the core of what's happening here at a time when colleges and universities are really under the microscope for affordability and job preparation anyway. So this is not the last we've heard of this story. I think higher ed's going to be seeing some really big changes coming. I agree. I mean, like, I think it was attention grabbing because celebrities were involved, but it really just helped highlight some of the long-term issues that that are, that admissions has faced. And it, I mean, it's a challenging thing to sort through, right? But you really do get to see some of that inequality and, and favoritism and a special pathways that other people don't realize exist. Yeah, it's not a meritocracy. No. Uh, all right. So uh, shall we move on to one more uh, before the break? All right. Let's shake it up yet again. The ceremonial shake. And let's see. An old favorite. Meth Gators. Oh my God, do you just pulling all of mine out? Not on purpose. All of us just all at once looked right at Luke because this, <laughs> of course, has yeah. to be There's yours. too bad Monica Hubbard's not here because she would love to talk about this story. We bring it up all the time. So, uh, Meth Gators goes back to, I believe it was in Tennessee. <laughs> the local sheriff's uh, department like put out a warning about um, messing with gators because they might be high on meth because so many people have wa- like washed meth, like crystal meth, down like the public utility system. And so it was affecting alligators. And so, like, first of all, for Anybody who's never messed with an alligator, don't do it. Alligators are dangerous animals. Have you animals. messed with a lot of alligators? No, but I've seen them in the wild. I feel like wa- you are speaking from experience I've right seen now, them but... in the wild before, and they're not anything to mess with. But, like, get them high on crystal meth. That does not sound like a good, uh, good situation. But I just find it hilarious that a local police department had to put out warnings to people for this reason. I just, I very much enjoyed that story. Yeah, folks, don't do not do meth. Uh, but if you do, don't flush it down the toilet so it gets eaten by alligators. Listen, there's an important, sto- important morals of the story about doing drugs about messing with wildlife, and about water quality. There's something we can all learn from this story. All right, with that important lesson, I think we have to take a quick break. Uh, We'll be back uh, in just a moment with more Big Tent Radio right after this. (laughs) This is Joey Corsentino, a.k.a. Sleepy Seahorse. You're listening to Locally Programmed Radio, KRBX 89.9 FM, Caldwell, Boise. Support comes from the Idaho Conservation League, working to help reduce Idaho's reliance on fossil fuels for electricity by investing in clean local energy solutions. Information is available online about how to get involved at idahoconservation.org energy. We're back with Big Tent Radio, holiday edition here on Radio Boise, KRBX 89.9 FM, Caldwell, Boise. We're doing some more headline popcorn, year-end headline popcorn. Uh, talking about, you know, picking from our special little old coffee cup here, some of the biggest headlines of the year, as chosen by our uh, myself and my excellent co-hosts. Uh, so let's keep it going. We'll shake up. I mean, we have no idea what's coming. We 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 have no idea. It could be anything. So I can't wait to see what else Luke put in there. Yes. <laughs> okay. So we uh, the Notre Dame fire, uh, oh, which was uh, one. Uh, this this was not mine, but I'm glad someone put it in. It was uh, very very sad uh, from earlier this year. Who 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 chose this? Seriously, one? I put that one in oh, too, Charlie. On, How do you keep doing this? So, Luke, so like the college admissions scandal, you apparently have gamed the system and I put ten thousand yeah, of your I own headlines a federal in the investigation into. Wow, I don't know this is how it happened, Typical. but let's talk about Notre Dame. Okay. Uh, 
I don't know. I just kind of stuck out to me as one of those big historical things, you know. Um, it didn't really, like, make me. I know some people are very, very upset on an individual level, but it just kind of sticks out as sticks out as one of those historical moments that we'll point back to of something that was largely an accident. And Jen, wasn't your daughter in Paris at the time? Yeah, my daughter, my 15-year-old daughter. Hi, Addie. She was in Paris, and she visited Notre Dame the day before the fire happened. Wow. And so, of course, I called because I was a concerned parent freaking out, and I had lived in France myself in college for a year and felt really disturbed by this amazing historical um, structure being lit on fire. It was an electrical fire, but um, she said, nobody here is freaking out. She said, everybody knows it's so old and it's been rebuilt a bunch of times and they're going to rebuild again. And so I think there was sort of that deep European sense of history and resilience Mm. and like these folks have been bombed out and rebuilt so i'm sure there are there are folks in paris who are devastated by what happened but also i thought it was really interesting to see her perspective and that there was sort of a resilient face being that, put on it that is really interesting i mean yeah from, from watching it i found it especially devastating but you're right you go to these cathedrals or historic places and they always talk about like previous fires and then they rebuilt so i think that is a really interesting perspective well i think it's interesting for like americans to consider because our our history in the scheme of things is not all that old you know, we have plenty of certain, you know, we've got Independence Hall and other kind of really old structures, but nothing on the scale uh, of Notre Dame or some of these other really old uh, old cathedrals. So uh, very sad to see, but it, it, it seems like, you know, they're going to work on rebuilding it and it wasn't necessarily as bad as it could have been, I think. so. Yeah, and I think, too, the fact that it was an accident and it wasn't intentional right. probably changed how people think about it and receive that information. All right, let's turn to let's. Do you want to take bets on whether I have another story that comes out of that? How or many did you else? put in I'm here? Out of here. I put five. I'm out of here. I you put five. Oh, That's put the three. problem. The rest of us put three. You didn't tell me that. You said five. Luke. Oh All my right. God. All right. Well, luckily, Jen is always trying to mislead me on things. Mm-hmm. This All right. Well, this Typical. one I know is not Luke's because it's mine. Uh, U.S. women's soccer team wins the World Cup. Yeah, that definitely wasn't mine. This was. I'm. I'm very, very <laughs> happy uh, about. Uh, about this one. It was just such like an amazing cast of characters and such a dominant win. I think they gave us a lot to be excited and inspired about uh, this year. I agree. I mean, I, I've always really enjoyed watching them play and they're so dominant in their sport. Um, and But to really see, especially a team that's really fought for equal uh, compensation and equal attention to really capture and, and inspire um, not just the, the, all across the population, but especially young women, I think will be really important. Man, and they did not back down from the political fight either no. around wages, right? Megan Rapinoe, really important spokesperson for that team, bringing the issue of uh, gender equity in pay to the fore and refusing to sort of back down from that, even, even when she was attacked for doing so. It's pretty inspiring stuff. I saw, by the way, that uh, Megan Rapinoe recently endorsed Elizabeth Warren. She yeah. appeared in a video with her. So She also won some a, a, a big um, like award on was it the oh it was like a uh athlete some or athlete of the year or something yeah, like that that's right. uh, yeah well deserved we'll um, keep that endorsement in mind as you're going into watching those democratic debates that's right that's right all right let's shake it up see what else what else we got here uh okay oh this is another one of mine uh 
Narwhal, the dog with a tail on his forehead. Oh, no. My favorite dog of the year. Oh, that's such a heartwarming story. Uh, Charlie picked like all the cutest stories. Oh, well, you know, that's it. that's just what I do. Uh, for the for those who don't know, Narwhal is a a, a tiny little uh, puppy who went viral a few weeks ago uh, for having a little extra tail on his forehead and and i know the question that's burning in all of your minds is does the tail does the forehead tail wag it does not but it's still really cute uh and i was happy to learn just recently that this this dog was adopted full-time uh and so narwhal is going to a healthy home and uh i'm just very pleased with that because it's well deserved i will say like stories like that when they come up and just the adorable pictures really kind of help keep me going like especially deep in a semester so yeah I also really enjoyed that one. I would just say I love that story so much and I also loved its counterpart story which was Cinderblock the Twitter cat which was a cat <laughs> that had been allowed to get so overweight that had to be put on a treadmill oh. and there is video of Cinderblock on the treadmill using only one paw because really just resisted any sort of exercise but is starting to get to get better and yeah, recover like making terrible noises yeah too, right like he yes. was not happy so I gotta say the uh, shame of the Fowler household in the last couple of weeks was that my dog my wife took my dog uh, to the vet and the vet told us that he was too fat to exercise <laughs> and that she was worried that he'd hurt himself and so that is now the shame of our household as we put him on a diet well oh. you just show him cinder block as a form of inspiration it's gonna that's be right. all right that's right and all bodies are good bodies yes lo- lots of inspiring animals on the internet this year i think we can all we can all agree all right let's 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 turn it around again and make sure we don't pick one of luke's I think this is a different handwriting. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, this is a less inspiring story, but an important one. So uh, Trump attacks uh, Representative uh, Debbie Dingell, implies her husband is looking up from hell. Man, that's a rough one. We, we've yeah. sort of refrained from going too far down the impeachment path here in the show in our last one, simply to give folks a break. I, I bet <laughs> yeah. everybody's been following that closely, but this is wrapped up in that impeachment story. Really, just kind of a disturbing kind. Of, you, you know, I I was sort of watching this last no, or uh, watching this uh, last week unfold, uh, and you know, Trump having this, this you know, another one of his rallies that he does a lot, and and obviously attacking people left and right, and then you know, just talking. I, I mean, he died like John Dingle, who's you know, I I think the longest serving House member in history, and very well respected on by both sides. At both sides, yeah. And uh, Debbie Dingle, uh, his wife, uh, you know, assumed his seat and was reelected, and so uh, and is currently serving in Congress and voted to impeach the president. And he, you know, promptly, you know, attacked her for it and implied that, you know, her her husband is in hell and like and it's just. To, to me, that was like every bit as impeachable an offense as anything else he's well, done. Well, and what's interesting is this fits a pattern behavior, right? We've we've seen similar type of attacks before. Yeah. You know, I think um, we heard some, some commentary from a guest speaker at Boise State earlier this semester who said that as impeachment goes forward and the 2020 election starts to heat up, we're only going to see more of this, yeah. sort of as Trump feels more attacked and backed into a corner. And so I think, unfortunately, that is probably something we can expect to see that sort of rhetoric heightened in the coming months. Yeah, I do think one of the sort of unanticipated things about impeachment, or maybe it was anticipated, was that just the going through the process itself, even if it didn't result in his removal, has really clearly gotten under his skin and will stay under his skin as long as it sort of holds out. So I'm sure it'll be a sort of a prominent story throughout the year that we can all not look forward to. 
Uh, all right, with that, we're going to take uh, one more break, and we'll be back here on Big Tent Radio in just a moment. I may not come from the 70s, but I do consider myself a vessel for their joy. Vinyl was just the surface that I crawled around on as a baby. Now, it's the expression of my art. The Event Horizon Boogie remembers the 70s just as well as you do, only from beyond the haze of normal memories. Join me, Jared the Manimal Bostrom, Thursdays at 11 p.m., where I deliver the music that ages like a fine spirit, sending you to the past again, or maybe for the first time. The Event Horizon Boogie. <laughs> Perfection. We have something a lot of other radio stations don't have. People. Welcome to the Republic of Radio Boise. We're back here on Big Tent Radio on Radio Boise, KRBX 89.9 FM Caldwell, Boise. I'm your host, Charlie Hunt, back with Luke Fowler, Jen Schneider, and Jackie Kettler. Holiday edition, uh end of the year uh looking at some of our doing some headline popcorn some of our favorite stories from the year so i think we'll we'll shake shake up our special coffee cup and do a do a couple of more here and let's see what we got I mean, it's fitting because i feel like coffee is probably what keeps this radio station going it's definitely what keeps professors going so it is i like it uh all right so we've got boise mayoral hopes to stem the tide of californians Oh, I'll put this one in there. Oh. So I swear this is oh, the last one. I, this is, this is the last one I put in. So uh, I love this story for two reasons, because I find it to be completely ridiculous. Uh, one is the idea that the only way that, like, and the proposals that go along with this, all right, is that we Wait, just, this is from mayoral candidate Wayne Ritchie. Yes. Is that who we're talking about? Okay. Yes, Wayne Ritchie. In uh, his campaign, which is the only way to stop people from moving to Boise is that we just make it a really, really terrible place to live. And what? That is completely accurate, but the flip side of it is the only reason we all want to live here is because it's a really great place to live, so that entertains me. And we're talking about proposals like, don't pick up the trash. Yeah. Like, make parks, on, you know, like, really destroy them so no one wants to use them. Uh, the other thing that entertains me about this is if you replace the word Californians with anything else, this is highly inflammatory. It yeah. is like going back in a time machine for it. But somehow, it is all right for him to discriminate against Californians. Can you but imagine if it was Minnesotans? Like, have you ever met a Minnesotan you, you don't can, like? Can you imagine? Let's go farther. Can you imagine if it was Democrats, Republicans? Like, if it was Canadians? Like, any of these other groups, this would be insane. And you'd be like, who is this person? But Californians somehow is like, oh, that's just kind of weird, but not good. Is so, there- is there any way in which this reflects is like obviously is extreme, but is reflective of sort of a, a feeling in in the, as someone who's new here? Do you know, do you guys feel like this is something that's reflective of a feeling that's in the community? Yes, yes. there oh, is a population sure. that is yeah. really does dislikes Californians, particularly not just here. out of staters, but yeah, yeah, no, no, I think. Uh, as I tell people that move here, if you're from anywhere but California, Boise is a very welcoming place. Tell from California, it's not. And so, I mean, again, that's the thing that like shocks me because I find this to be so ridiculous, but it's also really accurate as far as the community goes. So I'm very entertained by the story. We had a former Boise State football player who graduated, still lives in the area, or maybe is trying to work on finishing graduating, and he still has California plates. And someone left a nasty note on his car about going back to California. This is someone who was like a yeah. really fond, you know, football hero. 
and even he's getting this California backlash. Well, I will say, before we move on to the next one, I will thankfully say that I have felt nothing but welcome from everyone uh, here in Boise. Just because uh, you're not from California. That, well, that's that's fine, but you know, I'll take it for what it is. Uh, so even I would the, love for us to move on from that California-hating yeah. stuff. So yeah. we'll, let's, hopefully, let's tur- let's maybe turn that's over a good a new, new Year's in, resolution. Yeah, let's turn over a new leaf in 2020, yeah. people. All right, let's shake it up for a couple more. I have not had one pulled yet, so uh, this is exciting. Luke, Luke, you swallowed you all sure mine, did <gasps> is, is this one, Jen? Uh, measles are back. <gasps> that is mine. <laughs> measles it's, are back. Oh, it's so fun to talk about. <laughs> all right, I think this is, um, in addition to the vaping crisis, I think this is the public health story of the year where we've had folks, thanks to a sort of long trend of anti-vaccination, bad information, we have people increasingly not vaccinating their children for a disease that was effectively eradicated. And we are now below uh, what the CDC says we have to have 90% vaccination rate in order to have herd immunity. We are now below that, especially in states like Idaho. So for religious and political reasons, I think in particular, but man, that is a disturbing trend, an unfortunate one. And I think it's an important story to keep an eye on. As someone who's still working on getting all their vaccinations again, it's a story that has terrified me. It makes me a little nervous, especially if I'm flying um, anywhere that I, I, you know, could pick up measles along the way. Yeah, so it's really important for the elderly, for the young, for people who are recovering from diseases like cancer. This herd immunity affects all of us, and it's why getting vaccinations is so important. Very important, people. Get your vaccinations in 2020. Uh, all right, I think we'll we'll do one more. I'm making an executive decision and, and picking myself from the remaining three. Uh, I, I think this is Jackie's, and I have not heard this, so I need to know more about this. Colorado lawmakers to consider letting human bodies be composted. What's going on with that? I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, so they're going. There's going to be a bill in the Cal or the California. Oh, geez, I'm really still stuck on California <laughs> in the Colorado legislature to that will allow um, Colorado. Colorado Coloradans, there we go, perfect, to uh, have their bodies composted and turned into soil after they die. It would be done through, like, you know, the funeral home. It would just be one option that would be allowed. And I believe Washington already has this, which is, you know, as people care about the environment um, and also the cost of funerals, um, I think that this is really an interesting proposal. I've, I mean, the the small amount of reading I've done about this issue is, is that both, you know, traditional ways of, I mean, it's dark to talk about, but traditional ways of this like embalming or cremation are both actually really, really rough on the environment. And so it's, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting to think about new potential ways we might do this, especially ways that, you know, maybe seem more natural or at least kind of help a little bit lessen the impact of, of that kind of thing. I will say that I actually have some personal experience with this. My mother-in-law passed away two years ago. She had in her will that she wanted a green burial. She was from California. And um, there was sort of one cemetery in the Bay Area that would accommodate that. Ended up being very expensive. So I'm really excited to see something like this implemented and take hold. I think it gives you a much wider array of options for sort of end of life choices, much more environmentally friendly. And I would love to see it get more affordable for a wider range of people. Really fascinating story to uh, to cl- to uh, close out that segment. But first, before we go, it is the holiday season. I uh, thought we might do sort of a, a quick holiday lightning round, some holiday favorites. So I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot some some questions towards you all and and uh, and do your worst. So first off, first off, uh, 
favorite uh, favorite holiday food, Christmas, you know, food, you know, cookies, etc. What's what's your favorite? What are you stuffing. eating or drinking? Okay, stuffing. Luke. Stuffing. Yeah, I love stuffing. Is that a Christmas food? I mean, it's a, it goes with turkey or whatever. Thanksgiving, Christmas. I just love stuffing. My yeah. grandmother makes really good stuffing. I do love stuffing. I love Christmas cookies. Really, yeah. any sort of Christmas cookie. I love cookies. Let's are, just. Are we pro or anti gingerbread? Anti. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. I think I'm also anti. I like gingerbread houses, but not so much gingerbread cookies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Jen? Wait, my, oh, sorry, my Jen. favorite <laughs> Christmas food is coffee because my kids <laughs> used to get up so early in the morning to open their presents and unpack their stockings and stuff that I would just sit there with my coffee and my blanket around me. And it was so fun to watch them open presents. Oh, that's very that's very heartwarming. Oh, thank you. Uh, wait, pro or anti eggnog? Uh, I'm anti-eggnog. Is anyone pro-eggnog? I mean, I, like, I saw it in the grocery store, and it was like, uh, whatever, non-alcoholic eggnog. And I was like, who would drink eggnog without alcohol in it? I think that's the only purpose of drinking eggnog. I also think store-bought eggnog is just not, oof, it's rough. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, next round. Favorite uh, holiday songs, Christmas carols. Do we have, do we have a, do we have a favorite? I'm gonna go, uh, I'm actually kind of a Scrooge. I'm not a big fan of Christmas, so I don't really like Christmas carols. I really like White Christmas, like just kind of a White classic Christmas one. is a great one. What's the chestnuts roasting on an open fire? The one? Christmas song. That's another the Christmas yes. song. That's another great it. one. It's good. Yes, I'm. I'm. Str- I'm a fan of Winter Wonderland, oh. which yeah. I think I think is an unsung favorite, but is uh, just just a lovely tune. I'm oh, I'm all about great. it. Nobody said Mariah Carey's, which for the first time in 25 years hit number oh, one right. on Billboard Top Hits. This, this that's week. right. I think like 23 years after mm-hmm. it came out. I'm not a huge fan of that song to begin with. I would I have to say uh, I'm a huge fan. I'm yeah. here. For, I'm here for Mariah. I all quite the way. enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that just about wraps us up here uh, on Big Tent Radio, special holiday edition. We hope you all have a wonderful holiday season, a happy New Year's, and uh, we'll be back next week. This has been Big Tent Radio on Big Big Tent Radio on Radio Boise, KRBX eighty nine point nine FM, Caldwell, Boise.